passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Shit! Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go! It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. Well, it's raining outside, but sunny indoors. <laughs> Jerry and Al, the Postgame Podcast. Good one, Jerry. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, anyway, Boomer and Carton are gone. Uh, here is our first podcast of the week. Always excited to do that. And excited to actually talk about the Mets uh, because they're good, believe it or not. And while some people thought they would be, they're actually doing it on the field. Despite all these injuries, Alan, I know you love the Mets, and that's good. And, you know, I, I watched over the weekend. I really watched all three games for the most part, in and out of some. But the one thing that grabbed me, as we discussed earlier this morning at about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, was Alex Torres's hat. And we know why he does it. We get why he does it. But my God, is that hideous looking. See, I'm not sure I get why he does it. Because the, the thing that goes on his hat really only goes on his forehead. Right. So a line drive to the face is not protected. A line drive to the ear is not protected. So I'm not sure what it's really protecting. Well, when was the last time someone took a line drive to the cheekbone and died? None, but it, it's a bad scene if you take a line drive to the Listen, cheekbone. Listen, ask John Carroll or Stanton about that. No question. You take a fastball to the cheekbone and it's bad. The thing about where he wears the hat and he wears it around the forehead and it goes all the way around, the temple area is protected He's basically protecting himself from death from a line drive right back up the box. Did he have a previous incident? I believe he did, yes. Yeah. I, I will check that as we're doing this, but I'm almost certain he was one that got hit with a comebacker, and which is why he is one of the first few to start this thing. What I don't understand is, like, why not wear a batting helmet? Right. And I know that's probably not 100% protected either, but it, it looks more normal, I would think. And I, I guess we're not after fashion, fine. Yeah, but it looks more protective, like it, like we're saying. The, the thing he's wearing is only protecting his forehead. A batting helmet would protect the ears, would protect the side of the head. Right. Uh, yeah, I, 
I think the Mets should take advantage of the popularity of it and give those things away at, uh, for one of the nights. It's a cool-looking thing because it's got the Met logo on it. It's it, cushioned. It, something doesn't look right about yeah, it. Yeah, it looks uncomfortable. I wonder if that's distracting to a hitter. No. To see I, a pitcher up there with that on his head. I mean, it sure shouldn't be. I mean, yeah. if you're a pitcher, you should be watching for the hand where the ball is. The only thing you should be looking for, but release you know, but, point. Uh, they have to at least in their head think this guy's wearing this big protective thing around his head. Fair enough. I, I guess I can't. I can't argue with that. And there That's was a, there was a moment. Well, you have you have uh, Alex Torres is wearing the protective uh, baseball hat for the pitcher, and Stanton was wearing the half of a football face yeah. mask on his face to bat. I'd be one of those guys though. If, if I was drilled with a baseball either while I was pitching or hitting. I would need some type of protection. Otherwise, it would always be in the back of my head that I'm going to get hit. All right, let me give you the story. Here's the back right. story to him. Well, I, knew, I knew he was involved somehow because there's a reason why he came out and, and, and wears this thing. So when he was with the Rays, it was Alex Cobb who got hit with a line drive off uh, a shot from Eric Hosmer. And he was on the team at the time. He saw it, and Cobb was on the ground, not moving. And so he basically says the sight was enough for him. And he said, even after yesterday's game, I don't care how it looks. I'm really in this for safety. I just want to go out and do my job and not have to think about it. Right. So you know what? Good for him. It's goofy looking. Maybe they can market it. Maybe they can sell it. I'll say this, though. The picture in the New York Post story, the hat almost looks like pre-fitted. Like it almost, It's big, but it looks like a normal hat, just maybe... Slightly bigger. Yes. The thing he had with the Mets was like an adi- right. It was an add-on, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a padded thing that went on top of the hat, like right. a regular hat. Exactly. And then the added pad on. Is I this know. why we don't use aluminum bats? Because they'd be very yeah. quick. Uh, you know what? I don't. I don't. Yes, the reaction time is for less. major they leaguers. Hit the ball if major harder. leaguers were using aluminum bats. I don't understand why college kids use bats. I don't understand why high school kids use bats. I don't understand why eight-year-olds use bats. Baseball is. To me, you should always strive to be the best, right? At, at that chosen the best, yes. sport, okay? Then why do me? Why do we manipulate the game then? Like all the way up to college, we're because then you draft a kid who bats four ten at Texas, and then you get him in camp. He's hitting wooden bats. He's like, oh, the ball ain't going as far as it did, you know, in college. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole aluminum bat thing. I know it's all about money. I'm not stupid, but. Get rid of them. It's That's cool. It's cool if you happen on, uh, upon ESPN where you're looking for like PTI and they're they're running a college baseball game instead. Sure. And they're playing with aluminum bats. You like the ping, right? Oh, the sound I love of the, the ping. I love the ping. I don't disagree with you. I agree with that, but it's still stupid. Plus, I'd love to see like a major leaguer hit a ball with an aluminum bat just to see how far it would go. Imagine Barry Bonds, yeah. circa you know whatever whatever year he in the in the nineties. And he's roided up, and yes. he's using an aluminum bat. He might hit the ball from San Francisco to Monterey. Yeah, it'd be in the middle of that cove they have out there. McCovey Cove. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, uh, Jerry, uh, here's something. I'm not sure where I stand. With. Well, I know where I stand with this. So the Mets are doing well <laughs> now. And I'm seeing Met fans on social media claiming that there are a lot of bandwagon Met fans now. I'm not... Uh, I think it's different than football. On uh, football, like baseball, you like your local team for the most part. Oh, yeah. So uh, I would say 95% of the people here, their favorite team is the Mets or the Yankees. So if you're a Met fan, like I'm a Met fan, and I'm all in now, I'm watching all the games, I don't consider myself on the Met bandwagon now. When, when your team is terrible or bad for a number of years, just because you're not sitting there watching every game doesn't mean you're no longer a fan or now you're a bandwagon fan once they start doing well. Right. But I get the feeling that's what some of these lunatic Met fans 
well, are it's, doing. It's not lunatic. It's the lunatic diehards that live, eat, and breathe everything Mets or could be everything Yankees, could be everything Cowboys, Packers, whatever. There's this little group that every, every team has them that if, God forbid, you miss a quarter or a play or an at-bat, you're not a true fan. First of all, you know what Craig would say in that regard. It's stupid. I, just enough. And the whole idea of not wanting to watch a bad product, here's an idea. Put better players in the field and I'll be there. I still support the team. I, In my opinion, the guy who sits there and basically calls one of his guys that he loves so much a bum and F him and F that, get off, you suck, he sucks, everybody sucks, suck. I'd rather have the fan who actually really gives a damn when they're good and actually cheers for his team. I get that sometimes you have to get on a guy. That's fine. But I don't know. Some of these guys are a little too much to take. And to me, to get nuts about it, ah. Yeah, like, like I tweeted out that yesterday, Sunday, I was going to uh, not enjoy the nice weather. I wanted to watch Matt Harvey instead. And they're like, oh, back on the Met bandwagon. Well, by, the way, by the way, what is wrong with that? Right. Well, who cares? What, Does it change your life? No, but you're seeing it too with uh, hockey. Of like course. Like the, the Islander fans are like, oh, now everyone's on the bandwagon. By the way. But just be happy people are watching your hockey. Aren't we all a bunch of bandwagon stations when it comes to hockey? No one gives a yes. damn about it for five months. Now we're in the playoffs. And I'm not saying this show or what you're talking about, but all these shows, all of a sudden now, hockey, hockey, hockey. Got to get a hockey game. Let's see the Islander win. Get, get an Islander. Get Tavares. Oh, the Rangers are playing tonight. Let's talk to Crosby. Ah, ah. It's it's what it is. Right. You know, I mean, you have a hardcore group of fans, and everybody else is very casual. It doesn't mean they don't like it. So what? Except for Boomer. He's hardcore. I mean, God almighty. I, you know, the thing is, as I'm getting older, Boomer is hardcore. As I'm getting older, I enjoy all these sports in a different way now with my kids, and that's fine. But, like, you got guys getting beheaded overseas, and we're worried about who's a diehard fan. Right. Here's an idea. Get a life. It's great. Get passionate. That's wonderful. But perspective. God, please. Yes, perspective, Jerry. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, Perspective on the Mets. They have injury problems. They do. We know about David Wright. Now we know about Travis Darno. Big Black might not be coming back anytime soon. They have issues, though, but they're still winning. They've won eight straight. It has been fun to watch. Now, the question is, with Kevin Ploiecki coming up. Who's that? Ploiecki, Ploiecki. Well, he's been in Las Vegas. He's a catcher they actually think very highly of, but Anthony Recker beat him out in spring training, or at least they wanted to get him more at bats in Vegas before he came back up. I'm talking about Ploiecki. Had a good spring. Now you wonder, does it all change from a couple of standpoints? A, Darno really ingratiated himself as the number one catcher. He's got a nice repertoire. And he's hitting very well. Excuse me, not repertoire, rapport with Rapport. the pitchers. And he's been their best hitter, aside from maybe Duda. And Ligaris has come on. Does this change the dynamic of the team? So where's Wreckers? He's still on this team. He's Jerry? still on the team, and I think he'll get a lot of at bats. So and and so starts too. Yeah, I always wonder. You like you were a catcher in uh, Jersey City State College. Wrong. No. Oh. Um No. No, that's not true. Where did you go? I didn't play baseball at Jersey City. State. Oh, you were a catcher at Hazlitt I High School. Fall, but no, I didn't go to Hazlitt High School. Oh. Yeah, Saint John really? Vianney. Yeah, there you go. But I wasn't a catcher. I was like the backup backup. I played. I was a starting second baseman at Saint John oh, Vianney, okay. and I got into catching. The summer going into senior year. So, if anything, I was more like the emergency catcher. And then I went to college as an infielder. But my coach, uh, Dean Ehalt, who's at Monmouth now, uh, was going to certainly give me time at catcher. And I worked out as a catcher. So, I love the sport. I wish I would have got it. I always say this. I wish I would have gotten uh, that position sooner in life and tried it. Because, to me, it's the best position in baseball. 
So Anthony Wrecker, is that his name, Anthony? Yes, Wrecker, Wrecker gets up there now, and he's going to take the place of Darno. Yes. So you're telling me Matt Harvey's on the mound. Anthony Wrecker's going to tell Matt Harvey what pitches to throw? Well, here's my question, and certain teams do this differently. My guess is, and I don't know the answer to this, but my guess is those calls are going to come from the dugout. I Individual can't... pitches? Yeah, I mean, a lot of teams do that. From who? Heard... Like, who on the Mets would give be telling Matt Harvey what to throw? Uh, I don't know who it would be. I don't know if it would be Collins. or because doesn't. And I don't know the answer to this. Doesn't Joe Girardi make the calls for the Yankees from the dugout? I'm almost certain he does. If you watch, whoever's catching for the Yankees on a specific day is always looking towards the dugout before really? he puts the hand down. I'm pretty sure. That seems tedious, every get... pitch. But when you have a manager that's done it, I mean, if in fact Girardi does call the pitches. Oh, and Girardi's think, got that uh, binder full of everything. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you come from. If you're if you're a manager that just kind of manages by gut and feel and by the seat of your pants, if you will, you probably let the catcher do everything. I think Girardi calls the pitches from the dugout and relays it to the pitcher. So I don't know how the Mets do it. If you're leaving it up to Anthony Riker, I agree with you. Matt Harvey's going to shake him off every third pitch. Every pitcher should. Which, if you're the one throwing the ball, absolutely, that that's where the relationship is so important. And trusting your catcher. You'll hear, when a guy has a really good game, sometimes you'll hear him say in the post-game interview, you know what, I just trusted my guy, and he told me to throw that pitch in that spot, and you know, it turned out to be the right pitch, when maybe I wanted to throw a curveball. Who knows? Yes, it's a dynamic we're going to have to keep an eye on, though. When you caught, did you get a lot of foul balls in the junk, like where it would... Enough of them. I'll tell you a funny story. And it story. would go up underneath... It where could, the cup doesn't yes, uh, protect. It bounces and comes up underneath, and yeah, it hurts underneath. like a yeah. son of a gun, as you can imagine. The worst one I ever got, and I will not say at what level or where I was playing, but we had a coach, and times were different in the 80s and 90s, where coaches still made you run until you vomited, and uh, they just screamed at you like crazy, which was fine. We were having a horrendous practice, horrendous practice, and our coach was crazy, and he had a fungal bat. You ever hear of a fungo yeah, bat, right? So fungo bats, he used nonstop to hit flies and ground balls or whatever. And we had missed like three ground balls in a row. And he gets on a tangent. My fungo, I'm going to fungo this in your face. And he starts, I mean, really hitting the ball hard at us. And I missed one. And it ricocheted off my left forearm and into the junk junky area, <laughs> if you will. And I'm down for the count. I couldn't breathe. What was worse, though, is when I got up, it looked like, you know when you get a, a rock on the windshield and it turns out to be like a yeah, big splinters. spider? I had a moon crater on my forearm. As I was getting my breath back, my arms start swelling up. So while the ball to the junk is not good, ball to the forearm, not good either. Right. As I think we found out yesterday from whatever his name is from the Mets. Uh, yeah, that guy Blevins. Anyway, uh, Al, let's talk about Harry's for a moment because we've been talking about them for a little while, and I love it. I've actually fallen in love with Harry's because I got three razors in my kit, and not only was the first one awesome, which I've told you in my experiences in the past, you get the first one, and then the next bunch from other razor companies are not good. Well, then I went through. That one carried me through like a week and a half. Then my second one, just as good as the first one. And then the third blade, which I used in the final week of the month, if you will, as good as the first and second. And to me, that's important because it tells me that it's a good blade and it's a good company and a good product. And Harry's, I mean, listen to this deal. The starter set includes a razor, three of Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades, and a bottle of shaving cream. It's pretty good. And here's the best part for me anyway. All shipped straight to your door for free. I love getting things shipped to my door. Who doesn't? Now, you said you're in love with Harry's? I, I love the product. I do. Is it a love affair? You know, you might be able to say, I've you got are a love in, affair. You are in love with Harry's. You just got to go there. Jerry, go to harrys.com and enter the code POSTGAME. That's this show here. 
You do that at checkout, you get $5 off your first order of a starter set. That's right, with the code POSTGAME, you get a a month's worth of shaving for just $10. That's harrys.com, code POSTGAME at checkout, and change the way you shave forever. Jerry, here's an interesting story. I wonder if you ever considered such a thing. A Canadian couple is suing a Georgia-based sperm bank, saying that the anonymous donor that they got sperm from was not who he seemed to be. As you could imagine, they wanted uh, somebody who was uh, smart, healthy, and mature. But instead, they got uh, sperm from what they say is a schizophrenic dropout of college. And he was arrested for burglary. So they feel like they got scammed in their sperm. Now, this was one thing I never understood. They put sperm banks in uh, university towns. Because I guess you get like 75 bucks or something for... College kids need money. For a deposit. Yeah, that seems so bizarre to me. I would never like. Now go back to something you said. For hold on a yeah. second. Why did you start that out with saying I'm not sure if this is something you might have considered? The sperm donation. I don't know when you were <laughs> when you were a younger man. All guys consider different things to get I money. Never have considered that. And think of how much money you wasted, Jerry, in your teen years. <laughs> All right, guy, continue with putting it in a college town. So Good I'm saying, Lord. would you, my thing with that is then do you have no conscience that no that there are little ones of you running around now? Uh, on another way, there are couples that want to have babies that for one reason or another, can't. So you are providing you are helping. A, a service for people that can legitimately raise kids. Yes. It just seems strange knowing that there would be a little Jerry or a little Al running And around. you would never know. And you would never know. I mean, you basically sign it away. I, I yeah. guess they can check. I guess technically you can always find out. Yes. But yes, you could do this, and I don't. I honestly don't know how it works, but if you give four, five, six, ten samples at 100 right. bucks a pop or something, yes, a college could, could make a quick $1,000 I don't know how often you're allowed to do this. I don't either. Or donate. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel good about it, even though I know you are actually doing you're something helping. good for people that have had trouble having children. That's fine. The problem I have is exactly what happened here. If you and your wife or you and your significant other, whatever the case may be, I do believe this is two women. If this is the same story that I read, maybe not. I'm sure it's the same story, but Jerry. the point is... You go into a company that you think is reputable. I'm sure you do some. You have to do some homework on it. Yes. They've got nothing but good reviews, right? And everything's been great. You know, boy, it's not saying that the kid's going to turn out to be schizophrenic and a lunatic, but you're not off to a good start, right? And you already feel like, you know, well, you're always going to be like, well, you're always be thinking, is this kid going to fly off the handle on me? And it's Plus not he's fair a to the kid. And yes, and, and a burglar, yes. But I don't know. There's a lot of issues with this story uh, from where you started to where we're ending up. Yeah. Is So have you ever? No, I would never. I would be too concerned that there was little ones of me running around. Now, let me ask you this. If a family friend came to you and said, Jerry, we need your sperm, would you donate to someone you knew? <laughs> How can you do that? You know them. You're going to know it's your kid. Right. No. But you're not impregnating the woman. You're giving a sample. No, but I'm always going to know it's my son or right. daughter. Yes, and you will have helped that couple out. No, I couldn't do that. Absolutely not. I'll help them. I'll give them directions to a place like this. Directions how could you, to a seriously, place. Seriously, how could you do that? If you did that to your, let's say your buddy John and Cindy. I do Cindy, have a buddy, John. Right, and he's married to Cindy, right? So let's say John and Cindy can't have kids and they asked you to do that. Yeah. You do that. How will you ever look at that kid 
knowing it's yours and not his? And how will he ever look at you knowing he's raising your kid? Yeah, like, and then when I saw them, if my if my kid was eating sugary cereal, I'd be like, well, what are we doing? Right. Here? And then he says, listen, mind your own business. Dude, it's my kid. Right. You're not doing that. Yeah. That's a tough, tough move. Sperm banks, Which Jerry. is why it's anonymous. Do you get an ATM card with your sperm bank? Or a checking account? Savings? Safe deposit box? Any of these items. How long you want to go with this job? I've got no more. Thank God. Wow. Do you fill out a deposit slip? You deposit something. I think this is over. It's the Boomer and Carton postgame show. With the real stars of the show, Al and Jerry. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You, were, you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.